First Corinthians chapter um, 1 uh, verse 17. The Bible says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Have you ever stopped to think what this verse is telling us? Paul is telling us that if the gospel of Jesus Christ is relegated to mere true words, to learning true words, wise words, right understanding, right doctrine, if the gospel is anything less than the bearing in yourself of the living word and experiencing his death and, and the experience of his resurrection, then we have nullified the word of God. We have made the gospel of no effect. But how do we nullify the word of God? It's quite simple. You'll do it quite naturally. You'll do it without thinking. And it takes to think that believing words is the same as bearing the word. All it takes to think that loving true teaching is the same as living the truth. We as the body of Christ are so used to a nullified gospel, a non-effectual gospel, that we often don't even know the difference. We don't even know what to compare to. We are so accustomed to the powerlessness of true words that we don't even realize that the gospel of the cross is the literal power of God to work resurrection life into the soul. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 said, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. But in order for this to happen, the word of the cross needs to find room in your soul. Not words about the cross. The hearing of the word, the word that seeks place in your heart. John chapter 8 verse 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. In order for Christ to fill you with himself, there must be not just a desire to know true things, but a desire to bear in yourself the decrease or the decrease that truth demands. God will show you only what you can carry. God will reveal his word when he finds a place that gives its room. You have to understand that God is not trying to convince you of something. That's not what he teaches us. He is trying to turn us into something. He's not trying to educate you. He's not trying to transform. True Christian education is the learning of Christ himself as the soul bears his death and resurrection. Every other kind of Christian education must either have that as its goal or is just learning words. So God speaks and shows and reveals only where truth has room to remain in you. He speaks where truth can fill up an area of your soul where room has been made, where flesh has been exposed, turned from and hated. You have to come to hate what fills your soul in order to have room for something else. Jesus said, unless a man hate his own life, he cannot be my disciple. His words and truth are always available and always seeking to find room. But Christ will be heard, but not perceived, seen, but not known, until there is a room in us to know him. How often did Jesus say, let him who has an ear hear? 
or you have ears and don't hear eyes but don't see. Truth does not appear next to our ideas. Truth appears instead of our ideas. It does not even fit with what we have thought. It replaces what we have thought. And God knows that what we, we can bear. God knows the difference between spiritual curiosity and a heart that desires to bear his fullness. He always shows us what we can bear. The way that God feels us, as Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 4, is by causing our soul to bear in itself his living word. He reveals his son in us, and that son takes his rightful place in the territory of our soul. And in that way, his kingdom has increased. In that way, he expands the borders of Israel. He fills us even as he filled up the land one city at a time and always by destroying what was formerly there. Hallelujah, hallelujah. John chapter 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus says that he has many more things to say, but the disciple cannot bear them now. If you are like me, you have probably read before and thought that he meant that the disciple could not handle any more. Or maybe that he would like to share, but they will not understand it right now. But that's not what the Greek word translated bear means. It doesn't mean handle or understand. It actually means bear. It means they could not bear in themselves, carry, put on, walk in the thing that Jesus desired to speak to them. The problem was not really that they could not understand. I'm sure that was also true, but they had not understood anything he said up to this point. The reason Jesus did not share more with them was because they could not bear in themselves. They could not carry in their soul. They could not put on the reality of the things that he wanted very much to share with them. And so he remains silent and promises that the spirit of truth will come and work to that end. I want you to see something in this. This is something extremely important. I want you to see that God's communication with you and revelation to you is according to whatever you can bear. And like Jesus, I don't mean it's according to what you can understand or handle learning. I mean, what is going to show you only what you can bear in yourself, what you can put on, what you will take uh, take of him in exchange for something of you. There's no other reason for him to tell you anything. I hope you can hear the distinction here. God does not communicate with you in order to teach you things. God does not communicate with you in order to teach you things. Every natural mind assumes that he does, but... Every natural mind is wrong. In fact, God does not often answer our questions. Have you noticed that? Do, do you have some questions 
which probably you have been waiting on for years. You, you are likely to, to, to keep on waiting because God rarely answers questions, at least not with information. And part of the reason for this is often that our questions are born out of darkness and have no answer that truth can really communicate. We don't understand what we are asking. In other words, truth destroys most of our questions instead of answering them because there was not anything real about them to begin with. There are questions in our hearts only because there is darkness in our hearts where the questions appear to have relevance. So those of you who have uh, uh, young children, uh, they keep on asking a lot of questions that don't have answers because the questions themselves are expressions of ignorance. The questions don't make sense or they come out totally wrong, out of a, a wrong way of thinking. Sometimes the best that you can do for these questions that come out of, of ignorance is just to try to change the subjects and get him, uh, the kids think about something else. But more often, I suppose, God does not answer our question because it will accomplish absolutely nothing at all if he did. Think about this with me. Let's say I wanted to answer a question um, about Cal uh, uh, maybe Calvinism or Arminianism. What will it actually accomplish if he did? Let's just imagine for a moment that one of those men man-made theological boxes was more right than the other. What will it accomplish if God told you which one was more correct? What did that do for you? What did that do for God? Maybe somebody can say, well, now I can teach it correctly. Okay, to what end? Or maybe you want to know why your great-uncle died of a heart attack or what the ten-horned beast stands for in the book of Revelation. We actually think that there is value in knowing correct information. We think it is valuable, simple, because it's true, wrong. It's valuable to you and to God only to the extent that you can bear the truth. God does not teach you your soul for any other reason except that you bear in yourself, you carry in your soul, and be conformed to the image of whatever of Christ is communicating. Hallelujah.